Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, then let's go! Oh, yeah. Live from New York, the great state of Maryland, USA, Mr. Paul Cuthbert. And everybody say hello to your friend of mine, Mr. Robert Cuny. Okay, how are you, buddy? Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you on this fine Wednesday evening, Mr. Cuthbert? Woo! I am all kinds of different emotions, baby. All kinds of different emotions. I'm, I'm really looking forward to hanging out with you, my friend. Uh, this has been a lot of fun these last couple of weeks. And I can tell you, man, um, our show's pretty funny. I, I listened back the uh, last couple of weeks, and I, I got to tell you, I, I, I love laughing at us. It's, it's some good stuff. And I mean, it's not, a lot of, not at it's a lot us of necessarily, but right. like with us. It's funny, no, no, you were so. you were right the first time. There's there's mostly, as far as I'm concerned, there's mostly laughing at us. Or as the great <laughs> Steve Martin said, "I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing near you." <laughs> Good old so Steve I, Martin. I um, before we get too deep into the sports weeds, I just want to take a moment here at the beginning of the show to congratulate. Good friend, soon to be good friend and loyal subscriber of the Sports Honchos Showgram, uh, one Brian Lanham of Germantown, Maryland, who was named the new head coach of your Watkins Mill High School Wolverines. And I told him that we here at the Sports Honchos will be sure to question his every move and call for his immediate firing as soon as possible. So, Coach Lanham, enjoy your... Half season, I'm Ron Burgundy. Hopefully you get through the whole season. Not if we have anything to do with it. Because we're your one-stop shop for your local high school lacrosse right here on the Sports Honchos. Oh, LAX, baby. Don't get me started. Mahawk. I'll be all over it, man. Let's go. Send me the links. Send me his bio. I need to know everything about him. Yeah, well, running. Who's playing goal? That's what I need to know. Don't worry, I'll get you all the bona fides, as they say, and then we can uh, start tearing them apart. And I've already warned him about that, so Excellent. hopefully it's, it's not a short-lived tenure. Hey, look, man, we are all about torturing uh, everyone in the sports industry here because we we know damn well, Rob, that, that people are just going to torture us, you know. So Mercilessly. Yes. I mean, it's not enough that I spend my days uh, being tortured by my students, I said, why not add another hour or so of torture each week by doing this? But I, I love it. And I love doing the show with you as we continue to pat each other on the back. It's fantastic. What a stinking pile <laughs> of bullshit that is. That is a stinking pile of bullshit. But that's, isn't, that was actually, for those of you that don't know, that Look was actually yeah, the original I mean, name. The original name of the sports honchos was Stinking Pile of Bullshit. But we thought, hmm, it's, it's hard to sell. It's hard to market that name. So we went with sports honchos. Just but so just everybody know. knows. Just so part you know. Of, part of my parole deal is, is that I have to do community service. And this was a way for me 
to do this thing with Rob as a, you know, as a way of doing something special for someone. <laughs> special and just a slight, just, and slightly stinky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I wasn't going with the smell, but, you know. It's all about the smell. Yeah. There's a reason, though, that we have to stay at least three states away from each other. Exactly. <laughs> yes, we're not in the same room. Spoiler alert, everyone. We are not in the same room. No, not and, within and, smelling and nor distance. Nor will we ever be. Uh, no, as, as, if I have anything to say with it, and you know, COVID sometimes is a blessing. Yes, neither one of us are allowed to leave the state anyway, but COVID has certainly uh, cemented that position for the both of us. Yes, we are. We get tagged by the uh, the toll boots and our easy passes and all right. that other stuff. And so. that's as political as we're going to get tonight, folks. We mentioned COVID. We'll mention it again, but that's about as far into the waters, the murky waters of politics, we're going to tread. Yes. So here it's not like are. there's an election. No, nah, it's no, not like, too far away. Is anything going to change? No. Is anything going to no. change either way? No. In in state no. of Maryland, we're still we're still going to be doing this show no matter who wins on November the third. Yes, November third. We'll still be doing this show. Yes. War notwithstanding. Depending on our malicious schedule. Exactly. <laughs> God help you all if they if they go down their list of available soldiers and they get to our two these two schmucks. Uh somebody call the sports honchos. Quick, there's an invasion. Maybe we can we can talk to them about baseball stats and lull them into a false sense of security while the real the real heroes come and attack. The real heroes, baby. The real heroes. I'm gonna break into Lee Greenwood. (laughs) Yes, here we are. Wednesday, October 14th, 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 the 14th of the month. Uh, it's a, October. The geese have been flying overnight, uh, Rob, and that usually means it's going to get cold. You know, I don't know if you know that as a, a little heads up for you and everybody else out there. So you no. understand this for the future. When you hear the geese flying at night, mm-hmm. they're hightailing it out of town because the cold right. weather is coming. Oh, okay. So, Heading to Florida to play Mahjong? Is that the no, deal? No, Florida, uh, <laughs> geese are actually, the Florida's on their band list. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I did not know I that. I think they're going right over down to Key West. All right. You know? So, sounds good to me. Down there, folks, on your way back and forth from uh, Fat Daddies and all that other stuff. Right. So look, buddy, uh, there's a baseball game going on right now with a football score. Uh, the Dodgers have scored more points than the Jets and the Browns have in the last three weeks, and, <laughs> and possibly D.C., if that's correct. The Washington oh, no, they, the, the Browns are scoring points in droves, but uh, D.C. would love, let's see, 15-1 to 1 Dodgers over Braves. Uh, we would love to have 15 points uh, in a quarter of a game. It's the fourth, the bottom of the fourth. We would love to have that kind of offensive production. By the way, the accounts and descriptions of the Dodgers and Braves game have not been done with the consent of Major League Baseball. So this could be our last show, folks. So enjoy it. <laughs> oh man, enjoy. Hey, look, is anybody watching? Well, you know, look. Let's hope the Dodgers come back in the series. I'm um, sorry to all our listeners in Atlanta. Um, no. Down there in Georgia, who are tuning in live tonight as they always do. Um, right. Not a big Braves fan. Hey, I'm you know I'm from New York. Right. You know, uh, we don't like the Braves. Yankees fan here. And and uh, can we have a moment of silence for my Yankees, Rob? Can we do that? We can. I have a story here actually about your Yankees and uh, team owner Hal Steinbrenner. All right. Well, hold that. Let's I'm going to hold let's off do, on uh, that. We'll do. 
we'll do uh, 11 seconds since okay. it's been 11 years. Okay. All right. Here we go. Thank you very much, everybody. God, moments of silence, man. That's great radio. That makes for wonderful <laughs> radio, doesn't it? Nobody tuned in at that time. <laughs> They're going to be, uh, uh, Rob, what's wrong with the website? I so tuned we did, in, and it was just did, silence. I did 11 seconds at 8-11, so it's all good. So give me, give me, what do you got for the Yankees here? And, uh, you know, good season, stunk up the joint. You know, I'm angry, but we move on. What are you going to do? Thank you very much. Uh, no. I don't know how exciting a Tampa Bay Rays V's Averse the Dodgers or man the Braves. I mean, if the Dodgers get in, I'm rooting for the Dodgers. But man, if the Braves and the Rays and playing each other, I'm watching uh, old episodes of Matlock, buddy. It's going to be another uh, Sun Beltish sort of championship series with a team from Georgia and a team from Florida, right, fresh on the heels of the Sun Belt Stanley Cup. But look, um, in 1981. The late, great George Steinbrenner, after losing to the Dodgers, uh, the aforementioned Dodgers in the World Series, apologized to the fans. So Sun Howe decided now would be a good time 39 years later to say, sorry, everybody, for flaming out uh, against the Rays. And I would just like to remind everyone, because I am a history teacher, that after that, oh, and he said, I believe, um, George Steinbrenner said, I want to sincerely apologize to the people of New York and to the fans of the New York Yankees everywhere for the performance of the Yankee team in the World Series. And then he finished it by saying, I also want to assure you that there will be at work immediately, that we will be at work immediately to prepare for 1982. Now, if this were were a documentary on the Yankees, the narrator, the, the big voice narrator would say, in 1982, the Yankees finished 79 and 83 and went through not one. Not one, not two, not three. Three managers during that season. So let's hope the 2021 for your Yankees uh, goes better than the 82 season did, the first post-apology season. Look, you guys know how to club home runs with the best of them. But the problem is what happens if you don't hit a home run and you don't have a guy named Garrett Cole pitching for you every night as a starter. You seem to be, and Brian Cashman even had a press conference today in which he sort of danced around the issue of getting some more starting pitching. The investment in hitting has to be over for you guys. Well, you re-sign DJ LeMahieu. That's got to be a priority. And then get some pitchers in there, at least somebody else besides Garrett Cole. Since you pitched him on three days rest and There's no he, gave you, they gave, he, they gave he gave you – They gave GC all the money. He has to pitch at least three games every series. Yeah, he pitched on three days rest and only gave up a solid one run in they, five or six innings. I mean – he was out of gas, and he still managed to keep you guys in the game. you got to get somebody. I mean, I know you love stats. So in this shortened season, 156 of your 315 runs were scored on home runs. In the playoffs, 13 of 22 against Cleveland, 17 of 24 against the Rays on home runs. I mean, I, I know that's the wave. We're going to talk more about the uh, three true outcomes later on in the showgram teaser. But you just you can't you, you got to do something. You got to apologize and you got to get a pitcher. I don't. You got to move somebody. You got to move some mountains. I don't know how you're going to do it. With the Bronx Bombers, that's what we do. I know, Bombers. but that's true. But I tell you what, you, look, you, you got a great point here. Yeah. But as I watched the series, you know the Rays weren't really any different. It was a lot of um, everybody waiting around for big hits and pitches. I mean, 
you know, the Rays walked and struck out pretty much almost as equally. The series, it, it's not like old-time baseball. It's gone. I mean, and look, and I, I am not paying attention to the Dodgers, Braves, or the Rays, Astros. You know, I'm just glad the Astros are almost done. Uh, you know, that's the only thing I'll like about the Rays, you know, beating these guys. And, you know, fair play to them. The Rays go on and win the World Series. Great for Tampa Bay. Maybe a, an NHL championship and a, and a baseball championship. But whatever. But, and this is going on the last few years. Um you know, a little bit in the, jeez, uh, I mean, you know, the Yankees Astros series, I mean, how much can you look back now and, and all the cheating they did and all that other stuff? I mean, how do you put your head around it? But I will tell you this, in watching the Yankees and the Rays series, it's it's really goddamn boring. <laughs> there's, a, there's a, there's a, we come from the, and we're going to talk about Joe Morgan here in a little bit. And, you know, the Red Machine, and guys like Pete Rose and uh, Tony Perez. Tony Perez, yep. I mean, but there was a, there was an and there was just an art form to baseball, getting runners on base, you know, uh, razzling up your pitchers, uh, bring it, finding out different ways to bring guys home outside of just knocking it out of the park, and it's amazing. And yes, even as a Yankee fan, it's effing boring. Every guy coming up there just hoping to knock it out of state. And you know, besides Lemayo, and you know, even back in the day, in in, in the, the great teams of the late '90s and early 2000s, the Yankees with Joe Torre, you had um, multiple guys that could knock in bases and and just you know mix things up a little bit. And I think that's the way that series is. It's almost like you know now it's it's basically ace against slugger. Yep. And nine times out of ten, the ace usually wins because you know you can sit there and these guys are throwing. 100-mile-an-hour fastballs and all the change-ups and all the different types of pitches and everything, and, and you sit there, and then, you know, the strike zone is different. I mean, that's kind of been – that's always the same way since baseball started. But it kind of gets frustrating because you sit there, and once these guys get into a groove on the mound, it's just – it's not happened. So unless the Yankees get three or four, five, six runs up top or whatever, um, if they're in a tight, close game – and you, it, that's what happened the other night. They were at one nothing, and it's one one. Cut on a home run, ball by um, you know Tampa there, and then you're just basically um, waiting. And then the go ahead, go ahead was a, another home run too, correct? It was it was a poetic home run by the dude that Araldis Chapman hit earlier in the season, yeah, which awesome. sparked Kevin Cash's comment. We got a lot of guys that can throw 98 miles an hour in our in our clubhouse. Yeah, and there's Chappie too, man. Chappie comes in. I mean, look, he's a, he's a champion in Chicago. Um, but even I mean, just pitching. I mean, years ago, right? Talking about Joe Morgan days, pitchers back then they would pitch seven, eight innings. You know, these guys mm-hmm. now the, the stat. I don't. I forget if we talked about it last week, but. These guys are on record now that they don't pitch more than five innings. They're watching pitch counts. It's such a different game. Right. And I'm just glad. I feel bad for the the younger kids today. But you can take all the 1990s with the great Twins teams, you know, uh, up until, uh, you know, the Yankees in 96 there and and, and the rest of those series. And even still, because even when, you know, the the Yankees lost to the D-backs with – Come on, uh, Johnson. Schilling and Johnson. Schilling and Johnson. Schilling and Johnson. Yeah, I mean, you can, and, and then and then when the Yankees lost to the the Red Sox, I mean, the Red Sox kind of turned things around too. They had just great different play. I mean, that's baseball. You got to mix it up. 
Like I said, I'm not watching these two series. I don't know if it's changed. I can only talk about what I watched, and that's the Yankees. And, yes, they get stuck into this rut. And as far as pitching, I mean, you give the whole world, to, you know, to Cole, and then, you, you know, what you, what's left? What's left in the talent pool? Right. Different season. But, anyway, long story short, Yankees didn't get it done. It's another year, and we just will, we'll, you know, Yankee fan – Today, yesterday, and tomorrow, and we just we wait. And we, we keep riding our 27 championships, waiting for the next one. That's all we do. Well, let me, let me lighten the mood a bit before we leave baseball. That With the news that the Angels, the Los Angeles Angels, have granted the White Sox permission as they search for their next manager. How would you like to get fired on a team on the come like the Chicago White Sox? The, the Angels have given permission for the White Sox interview 176-year-old Tony La Russa, who last managed in 2011. Are you kidding me? There are no ideas out there. Has Have the White Sox become Hollywood in the 21st century and run out of ideas and say, well, let's just wheel Tony La Russa's old bones into the clubhouse and maybe he can work some magic again. Now, look, I understand this team is on the verge of being something special, which is why, again, if you're uh, Renteria who was shown the door, you got to be bitter. But is he really the solution? The other guy they're thinking about is A.J. Hinch. So that's great. What a Hobson's choice that is. You've got a guy who's barely clinging to life in the crypt keeper, Tony Larusa, and a cheetah in A.J. Hinch. I mean, what are the White Sox doing? I, listen. I'm not a White Sox fan, nor do I play one on TV, but there's got to be some better ideas out there. Or why don't you keep the manager you had this year? Anybody who manages to take a team to success under these circumstances, and, and, the, and you know, it's the, the great COVID asterisk. You've got a team to do well under these circumstances, and the reward is you show them the door? Tony La Russa. I, I just, what are you doing? What is Tony Larusa doing? What does he have left to prove? I just I, I I'm baffled by this. Well, I'm baffled. You know, I'm with you on this. Uh, you know, you could toss it around to most of the leagues, though. I mean, you know, NBA, everybody's just they just guy coaches here. He goes and coaches there, wherever the vacancy is, and NHL is the same way. And uh, it seems to be that baseball's into it too. I don't know where no. what went wrong. To be quite honest with you. There's a handful of guys in the NHL, and if and there's a few guys that were assistant coaches. You know, a guy like Sully in um, in Pittsburgh, you know, earning his keep. You know, but uh, you know, there's a couple of young guys that are coaching. You know, Travis Green is, is coaching the Canucks. You know, you go on. It's like you know, Quinn obviously in New York. You know, uh, the Caps tried it there for a little bit after you know Trotz left. As far as unknown guys, Colorado's having a little right. success here and there, but. The most part is, is you know, when you see these franchises churning in these these old guys. I mean, Tony Lewis. I don't know who's somebody's. There's there's a thing, and it has to do with a little bit with hockey to me. There's been an uproar here over the last couple of days. What's going on with the Rangers and blah blah decisions for agency, and we'll get into that a little bit too. But when it's all said and done, and we are here to question things. But you yes, have, indeed. But you have to believe, like in Chicago, they they have meetings, right? Or somebody's there with numbers, and somebody's maybe mm. in human resources. Go out and find us anybody else you can that might be qualified to coach this team 
that we're growing here in Chicago and possibly could win a championship within the next year or two before we call up Tony LaRusso. Right. I mean, I know he's got some history with the team, but I just, you're right. There has to be a list. And at the very bottom, there's an asterisk that says, if all these guys are dead, see if you can call Tony LaRusso. Maybe he can help us out. But what I'm getting I mean, at is, 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 there, there's is Jack McKeon still alive? Why don't we bring Jack McKeon in? I don't even know if he's alive. But these I don't even guys know if Tony Russo's alive. These guys are the guys that are paid. The guys and gals in the administration, the front offices, are paid, right, to make these mm-hmm. decisions. So I'm just going to do, a, like, the other side of the coin is, with Ranger fans losing their shit about what, you know, J.D. and Gordon are doing, this is after they get the number one draft pick. It's like, will you guys shut up? These guys are doing a great job. Give them a chance. They're making it their own team, and they've got a couple of years to kind of mess around with this model. So just leave yeah. that show alone. I get it. You swing back to the White Sox, and in all of baseball, minor leagues, college baseball, uh, international, maybe some guys in Japan, Korea, nobody else can coach this team, but Tony LaRusa, right. has there been? I didn't. Or, I'm not up on the story there, Rob. But is there mm-hmm. any other guys been mentioned for this position? Well, like I said, AJ Hinch is the other leading contender. That's why I said you've got the crypt keeper or you've got a cheater, a guy who's only out of baseball. <laughs> That's right. I'm sorry because I'm he cheated. All right. And Jeff Lunau, you know the GM that was the Astros uh, GM that was canned. See what I did there? Canned <laughs> uh, oh, yes. with. A.J. Hinch, those guys should be out for a while. I don't care what level of culpability they both have. They're done, at least for the for a while. Now, if the White Sox were the same garbage barge of mediocrity they've been for the last several years, then I would say, A.J. Hinch, here's your punishment. Penthouse to the outhouse, but not a team that's on the rise. You know, I, 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 again, it can't be a list of two guys. <laughs> well, here's a great thing. Are you a Chicago no, yes. White Sox fan? God no. <laughs> I am not a Chicago and, White Sox fan. And, and so the people, guess what? the people, <laughs> yeah, the, the people. By the way, that know me very well know I have a special, <laughs> a, a special vial of animosity now towards all things Chicago, and I'm just going to leave that one right where it is. So no, to me as a, as a non fan, this is great. It's great theater, but I do feel bad for the the fans of those teams. Looking at Tony LaRusso, they're thinking, oh, is this going to be a reunion of the 83 team that he managed as an 1883? Oh, no, 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 Bobby. This is your could be your new manager. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm picturing like some of the last years that that guy coached and it wasn't St. Louis, correct? It was I think the last St. thing, Louis, right? The last team he was managing was St. Louis. Did they win or they got into the playoffs? He had a pretty he good won, he, he, he wanted he. Yeah, he won a, a championship with with St. Louis. Um, but at the end, yeah, of- the last sixteen years he was with St. Louis and finished in two thousand eleven, and he retired after winning the World Series with the Cardinals in twenty eleven. Okay, I just I so. had visions of him on the bench there and him just like you know with his arms folded and that, that face, and I could just and that great I, hair. I don't even know what he looks like now. So, no. but again, this is hey Chicago White Sox fans. Good luck to you. Have a ball. <laughs> Good luck. Enjoy. Yeah, enjoy that. Enjoy that stuff. Um, yeah, hope, so you, look, hope you liked your success this year. Speaking of uh, moments of silence and everything, do you have anything else on baseball? Because I'd really love to talk about jumping Joe Morgan here. 
No, I'm I'm ready for Joe Morgan talk. All right, so but, look, me, go ahead. No, I was going to say Joe Morgan, the player. Joe Morgan, the uh, the broadcaster. Uh, uh, we'll, leave, we'll, we'll leave that one off oh to the my side. God, I can't believe you go to the negative before. I said leave it to the side. Respect. No, I, mean, I said leave it me? to the side. We'll talk about Joe Morgan, the Hall player. Of Famer, Hall of Famer, Big Red Machine, and you jump. You just slice that up and go to his broadcasting. I said Talents? we're not. I said let's talk about him as the baseball player, not the broadcaster. Baseball player, one of the greatest second basemen I've ever seen. Yeah. All right. So just hang on there, Mister Negativity okay. over there. <laughs> we lost Joe Morgan, Big Red Machine. We're, me and you are really old guys. We grew up with these guys when you know was kids there in the seventies and into the eighties, long before he became a TV broadcaster. The good old days of baseball, like what we were talking before, which the the current league, you know, surely lacks. Anyway, real quick, second baseman, Hall of Famer, two-time MVP, National League MVP, 10-time All-Star, five Golden Gloves, uh, back-to-back world championships, obviously in 75 and 76. His first year in the season, in in the league in the season, his first year in the league, he went to the uh, 72 World Series. They lost that year. Okay. Um... Uh, two two seventy one batting average career hitter, uh, two hundred sixty eight home runs, uh, eleven hundred and thirty three ribbies, sixteen hundred and fifty runs, six hundred and eighty seven or eighty nine I should say stolen bases. Again, uh, the big red machines playing with Pete Rose, Tony Perez, Johnny Bench, those guys. You know that's why. Sparky know, Anderson, the uh, manager. Oh my God! Just, thank God you brought that up because I, I was doing this fast before the show. But smart. Oh, my God. That's just phenomenal that you brought that up. Who always looked old, by the way, even yes. when he was young. He was just Always awesome. looked old. Love yes. Sparky. Miss Sparky. Um, he looked like a baseball manager. But that was, you know, it's like, you know, and then after the Reds, you know, that's when uh, um, the Yankees kind of took over with their crew. You know what I'm saying? Those those yep. big names, you know, Munson and, and Jackson and all those guys and. Bucky Dent, you know, the character guys, like we were talking about where teams just miss that now, you know, I, I couldn't, I can't name anybody on, on the Rays or any other baseball except for the, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, um, just want to acknowledge Joe, uh, as a, like I said, a kid who grew up in those, those, those days. And, you know, that was a great thing, at least back then. And, and maybe it's because there's so much TV, there's so much sports now, you know, these guys made big headlines, Rob years ago, and when you were a kid, you would, yeah. and you know, we all, we all collected baseball cards, man. So yeah. back in the day, those teams in the seventies and the eighties, like you know, whenever we were seven, eight, nine years old, ten, eleven, twelve, into the uh, early eighties and everything else like that, you knew about these guys and and the old videos and and uh, watching these guys play and everything else. But um, I love the guy; he was a great ball player. I don't really, as far as the he did twenty years. Uh, with Joe uh, Miller, uh, ESPN, and I got to tell you, when I think back about when uh, they started Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, it was those two guys, Miller yeah. and Morgan. And the and and there's just a great memory because I that was like you know broadcasting for for national games and you know living on the East Coast, you know you could you tune in. You usually a West Coast game, you know that was on. You know they would do the Dodgers or the Padres or you know the uh, the Angels or something like that. And Berman called it the Hotel California game. What a yeah. putz that guy was. Yeah, but yes, I, I, I remember. Like it. It's good. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that was a um, you know whether you liked him or not, 
like I said, there's certain voices, certain uh, broadcasters that bring you back to a time, whether you like them or not, whether they stunk or they were bad, whether, you know, it doesn't matter. But anyway, um, uh, Joe Morgan, and, and, you know, you sit back and you laugh. Yes, and you used to listen to him, yep. and it would be really hard sometimes, but it was a part of broadcasting history. It was something new. It was something different. And uh, anyway, I just wanted to pay some respect to uh, to Joe Morgan there and uh, wish his family and I mean, rest in peace. Let's let's take a moment to think about uh, the All Star Game that's going on in heaven right now with Tom Seaver and Bob Gibson and yeah, Lou Brock, right. yep, Joe Morgan, and I, I feel like I'm forgetting. Oh, Whitey Ford. Speaking yep. of Yankees, mm-hmm. the chairman. I mean, it's just Gail Sayers. It's not baseball, it's football, but it's just, it's not been a good year for athletes. Now, they, they were, most of those guys are before our time, but still, the, the some of the legends are, are just, are dropping. It's it's 2020, man. It's it's a killer, literally and figuratively. So, a lot of Eddie Van Halen's of professional sports to piggyback on what we talked about last week. You know, um, I hope they I hope they're not getting... A heads up from anybody upstairs saying, "Hey, look, hey, if we can punch out, punch out now." Oh, he's not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, just wanted to get. Uh, we had to do that for yeah. you. Just uh, we do. Uh, favorite ball player of mine, uh, growing up. Uh, you know, like I said, those old teams, the old National League teams, and obviously the whole Pete yep. Rose thing and Johnny Bench. My God, Johnny Bench was just forget about it, man. Awesome team stuff. full of stars and, yeah. and the team full of stars that actually won. Yep. Not a team full of stars that didn't win. And a team full of stars, unlike those 91, 92 Toronto Blue Jays that had all the all-stars every position, those big red machine teams were teams that you could like, unless you were their opponents in the World Series. You loved for the when most they part, played. They're all likable guys. They played the game the right yeah. way. Except you never saw Pete. anybody accuse Pete Rose of not running out a ground ball. It's just you, you well, enjoyed watching them himself. play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that, 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 there's a little asterisk there. We won't talk about that. Mr. Speaking of Mr. Negative, but then you just you liked the way they played the game. You'd like you couldn't not like Sparky Anderson, a baseball manager named Sparky, who again he looked like he was managing, you know, in the first World Series ever back in 1903. So it just it was it was a it was just a great team, and Joe Morgan was, if not the leader, one of the leaders in that team, and and. He will be missed. He certainly will. And you're right. They don't they don't play baseball like that anymore. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more before we end tonight um, about math versus the human factor. But, you know, again, that's for later on. We start talking about football a little bit. All right. So we wish the best to uh, Joe and his family and uh, baseball and every, all of us will miss him. Daily, yep. No doubt about it. Um, so the Lakers won. Big news. We knew that uh, by the time we get here, um, you know, there would be an NBA champion. Right. I was right about the six. I was right about the six games. Ding, ding, ding. I was not, however, right about the ultimate uh, champion. It was the Lakers in six. Congratulations. They win their 17th NBA title and 11th since 1980. And now look, LeBron has led three different teams to the mountaintop. He's four for four in terms of finals MVP. It's a tremendous accomplishment. It's even sweeter under the circumstances with, again, the COVID bubble and the death of Kobe Bryant, which was really how we started this downward spiral known as 2020. But, Paulie, the Lakers may have won, but the rest of us here, especially in the in the chattering class, the sports radio business, we're the losers. Why so? Because – now, the second 
after the Larry O'Brien trophy was hoisted, it's a great word, by the Lakers, immediately the debate begins. Who's the better player? Who's the greatest of all time? Oh, and by the way, here, at least on this side of the microphone, I will not call the greatest of all time the GOAT because you and I are old enough to remember it. The GOAT was, you know, your Jackie Smith for the Dallas Cowboys dropping a potential game-winning touchdown in the end zone. You were the guy that cost a team a game, not the greatest of all time. See, I still have enough oxygen and enough life that I can say greatest of all time. I don't have to abbreviate it so I can save precious nanoseconds on my life. So the argument was, who is the greatest of all time, Jordan or, or LeBron? And my answer is, who cares? Why, 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 why Mr. Cuny, do you why, not care? Do we waste any time on such a ridiculous argument? Look, they were certainly the best of their respective generations, the best of almost any era. But instead of appreciating witnessing history with LeBron and with and if you're old enough with Jordan, we obsess over who's better. Why? First of all, there's no correct answer. Uh, you can defend both positions. LeBron is the greatest. Jordan is the greatest. They both play different games, different styles of games. And you say it's really hard to compare two guys that played not just different positions, but different styles, different body types, different competition, different rules. And then we have been blessed, you and I, to see almost 40 years, if you go back to Jordan's rookie year, of basketball immortality. And that's remarkable for any sport. To have that kind of continuous run where one god, in quotes, passes the baton to the next one. I mean, there was a little bit of a lull there between Jordan's uh, and yes, I guess I'll have to count his time with the Wizards. His couple of years here in D.C. and then when LeBron burst onto the scene in 2003 as a teenager. Um, and by the way, he's only 35, but it seems like he's been playing since the Lakers were in Minneapolis. I mean, the guy has a <laughs> lot of years on him for a 35-year-old. So I don't know why we just don't appreciate it. And instead of saying, well, who's the greatest, blah, blah, blah. Look, if you want to get down to to numbers – 10 finals or 11 finals, I guess, for LeBron and four for 11. Sure ain't six for six. He doesn't even have five. Uh, Kobe has five. So why don't you throw Kobe into the mix? But all these arguments do is just anger up the blood. So why bother? I mean, even LeBron himself said it's time to get some damn respect when he was getting the trophy. Who doesn't respect LeBron? You don't have to. You don't have to like him, but respect him. The man is the best in the game right now, and why? who do, doesn't do, respect him? Do paychecks and endorsements, do they rank anywhere as a, as, a, as a form of respect to any of these guys? You know, I don't know. I think the adoration of the fan there's no, there's might mean James. more in private moments than just do cash on the barrelhead. Enough money? I mean, you, I'll tell you what. Maybe we can kind of figure this out one way or the other. I, mean, I am not, for the record, for everybody taking notes of all these sports honcho shows, <laughs> I am not an NBA guru by any means. And as far as the broad spectrum of sports here and, uh, and a guy that kind of trying to you know follow some leads here and, oh, yeah, I heard, that, I heard this team is doing well. I heard this player is doing really well, whatever. For a guy like LeBron and even, like, you know, when um, – Shaq and Kobe were getting in there. And then when and even when Jordan was, was running the show there for a while, to me, 
these teams getting or these players getting multiple shots at the championship, whether it's multiple teams or it's um, hold on a second, there's a plane flying over. Um, not the not the geese. No, it's not the geese. Uh, <laughs> um. Me, is is the is it not a reflection on how bad the league is? How bad the rest of the teams are? That These we don't guys know. Keep that... winning champ. The same guys, same teams keep winning the same championships. I mean, it was the Lakers with Magic, then it was the Celtics, right, with Bird, and then you know, you you name a couple other teams like this every year. Those, as far as basketball is concerned, you know, then the Pistons. You know, they they all took two or three. You know. These mini three or four years they took out of decades. We had we had the Warriors run just recently with their exactly you know, four appearances, so, three titles. Everybody else sucks. So that in a team of how many how many teams in a league? Thirty teams or whatever the heck. Thirty. It is. And then there's always you know the teams are changing. You know they're moving from city to city and you know uh, state to state or whatever. I can't keep up with all the changes in the NBA as far as teams changing their names and their logos and stuff like that. But you're you're talking about five or six cities on the top of your hand that have been winning the NBA championship since, you know, let's say the 1980s, right, or whatever, you know. And I, I, I'm not going to sit back here. I guess it doesn't matter how long the NBA has been around. But there's a, a huge percentage of mediocrity and failure. And to see a guy, if one guy, LeBron James, he wants respect, well, you know what, there doesn't seem to be anybody else out there that can stop you. So the league must, mustn't be very well, good. And, and the one guy that he was a little bit afraid of, Anthony Davis, he just said, well, I'll just put you on my team. You know, if you can't beat him, join him. Look, the, the ratings for this final, these finals were historically low. And that should be worrisome considering, again, as we've talked about here on this very show, Graham, everybody's home. There's no, there are no fans in attendance. So if they're going to watch the game, it's going to be, you know, sports bars or sitting on their collective tochim watching it at home. And so if they're not watching, if there's no ratings that suggests that they're not even going home to watch, they're not even watching in sports bars, even the fans that would normally be in the arenas. And it is, there is a glut of, of markets that seem to have a, a, a death grip on the championships and the playoffs and the good teams. I mean, yes, you've got, you know, Milwaukee is an up and coming market and Toronto won the championship last in year. And these are not, did you, did these are not big, said? right. These are not big said? markets. It's 2020. Right. They're an up and coming market. Now they've been in the league. How many years? I mean, Dallas won a couple, right? The Mavs. Dallas won one, 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 one. They might win another one. They got, you know, two rising stars on that team. If Porzingis can stay healthy. You do get where I'm coming but from, yes. right? So LeBron yes, can sit there and brag he's won with uh, Cleveland, he's won with L.A., and he's won with, won Miami. with Miami, right? Okay. Um, so wherever LeBron goes, somebody's getting to the, at least the conference finals or the finals. Right. Except for so, last and, year with the nothing, Lakers. But yes. changes. So, you know, all these years, you know, the Knicks, I mean, the Knicks have been terrible now for years since the 90s. You know, nothing's changed really too much. You know, and then you could just go down the list of the teams in the organization. You could basically probably do a – I mean – at least the parity in the NHL is changing. You're getting different champions every year, you know. So there's there's a little bit of parity there. The NFL, eh, Patriots, every goddamn year. That's a lot I mean, of it, it was nice. in the league. It was well. Pete Rozelle many years ago said he wanted parity. He if he had his way, every team would be eight and eight. And that that that's the Pete Rozelle dream. The late greats. Right? Uh, there's a lot more parity. 
than other leagues. Yes, not everybody eight and eight, but there's a lot no, of teams. There's, there's, there's a no, there's a lot of mediocrity and the oh, same well, teams. Yes, I mean the Patriots. Like I said, it won't be them this year because Brady's. You know, but who knows? But if the Patriots get back there this year, no. You know, anyway, it's just it, come on the AFC East. I mean, Jesus. Every Christ. time they, every time a league expands, Buffalo, the Jets, and they I all mean, get none of these, none of these franchises. They never freaking win, man. So how do you well, measure? No, no, how Jets do you have, measure who's no, the they're, best? They're they're one. They have their one finger championship in '69. They got their one shining moment. Yeah, but yes, and then Parcells, who coached, you know, the Giants to the championship, he leaves that franchise. He goes to the Jets. He gets them close, right? Yeah, but they don't win. And then goes to the Patriots, knees. gets them in the Super Bowl. They don't win. Goes to the Cowboys. They don't win. I mean, but there's only but the fact they even those teams got there is a testament to him. I mean, look, we don't. That's okay. There's so, a there's so a then, glut of coaches in the not not to go down this road, so but there, oh, some so of it has to do with the thing. coaches. So, so Belichick, right? So you take LeBron in the sense that you know getting credit mm-hmm. with. So look at Belichick. Let's compare Belichick to the rest of the coaches in the league, and let's compare. There's uh, no contest. Parcells. Back then, maybe he didn't win with the other teams, but he got them back there. So what's that to say about the coaching in the NFL? And you know what? By the way, Belichick nor Parcells never said after winning a championship, now you can pay me some respect. Because you know what respect is? Respect is holding a trophy. (laughs) Being the guy at the end, the survivor at the end, that's, that's respect. You know, that guy comes back every year to play, right? And you get paid a lot of money. And, you know, we're all sitting here going, great, you win. Awesome. Congratulations. What are we supposed to do? Have no. a LeBron par- a parade? Again, I think, again, not to spend too much time, but he, for some athletes perhaps, it's not about the money, the fame, the endorsements. It's about convincing people that you're one of the good ones. You're not one of the black hats. You're not a heel. You're, you're one of the good guys. And, and not that he would trade all the money and endorsements in for a little bit of love from the mishpucha, from the fans. Come on. But I think I, I'm, look, I'm not going to play junior psychiatrist. Is that low that he needs yes. this in his life? You'd be surprised how many professional athletes have low self-esteem. Look credit. at Kevin Durant. He's an 18 year old kid and he busted his ass and he's one of the best athletes in the world. But to ask for it, you did it already. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying I think if I could play, you know, junior psychiatrist for just a smidge, perhaps it's 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 the adulation of people, the outward adulation, which he gets a lot of. It's he's not universally hated. He's loved in Cleveland. I mean, he brought that city back from well, the dead. How many followers does he have on TikTok? That's all he needs. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. As I said, you don't have to like him, but to not respect him, you're just you're crazy. You're not watching the NBA. You're not yeah. watching sports. We don't have that problem, but you're telling me he has that problem. He does. He needs I to think. go. He needs to go and take a nap and rest. Yeah, he needs lie down. Okay. Lie down, Booby. Booby, yeah. you look so faint. All you're right. verklempt. Moving on. I'm verklempt. All right. Do you want to go to? To the junior football, or you want to go to the big league football now? What do you no, uh, I'm, I'm saving the, the big league football for the end. I like to save up all of my anger and angst right, and so hand-wringing. We always do a little yes. college football before the big football. So you want to backtrack. Any, uh, you know, congratulations on, uh, you know, the uh, ex-king of New York joining your uh, capitals in uh, Washington, D.C. It's very exciting. Per, for at least one year 
Good luck with that. Oh, I, I don't think it'll be more than a year. And I'm getting my number. He's wearing number 35 with well, that's his number. The, the caps. So I'm going to get my 35 You're gonna sweater. You're going to get a jersey? You're going to get a hat jersey? Absolutely. I tell you what. Just, just to annoy you. <laughs> no, I tell you what. I'll do one even better. Are you, uh, yeah. do, you have, do you have an Ovechkin jersey? I do. A white one signed. Or a white one? I have the an old school Caps jersey signed by the grade eight. Right in the number, by the way. Do you, so, do you need a, a red one? A red. I would love a red one. I'll send you my red one because I'm done with the Capitals. Oh, get out of here! Done. Always. No, done you're not. Max. You're not done. Nobody's done till I say you're done. <laughs> done. I hope you right. go zero and eighty-two or zero and sixty-seven. Whatever. How many games they play? We are coming for Hank. We are going to light him up, baby. Light All right. Up. I am curious to see how he plays uh, oh, yeah. against his, old, his former mates. I'm not. I'll be watching my squad. You can say curious about Hank Caps all you want. But anyway, good luck to him. Thanks for the memories. I understand why he went to wa- go to Washington. The kids are going to school up in New York, which is still the greatest state city in the world. Right. And uh, I get it. So he wants to stay close. That's why he didn't go to... Colorado or uh, any other team that actually has a chance of winning the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Capitals, come on. Come on. Uh, you're right, because it's not. It's only been, what, then she checks, checks his watch two years? You know who's winning the Cup next year, right? They're due. It's the Vegas Golden Knights. Let me guess. Not everybody. It's a team. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's a team that rhymes with strangers. The Knights, <laughs> now, with, now they have uh, Peter Angelo. Not everybody. Yeah. I just don't. Just, I just. I think Pete DeBoer is cursed, so I, I think they might have to get rid of him halfway through the season. So. Yeah. Well, they've certainly uh, been very active in the free agent market, so we'll see. Look, uh, they've been in the league a couple of years. First, first year out of the gate, they make the Stanley Cup Finals. They're they're built to win. So, cursed or not, I, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. We'll see. Anything so. else from the free agency? I thought that uh, Canadians have done well for themselves. Uh, uh, the 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 Taylor Buffalo, Hall signing. Buffalo got a little stronger, you know. Yeah, the, but here's I, I do have a qu- a question about the Taylor Hall signing in Buffalo. Sure. Why one year? Is it is it the the whole flat cap issue? Why one year? Why not a longer term deal? I, I think Halsey's dipping his toes in the water. Mm-hmm. He likes it. You know, same thing with Hank. All these one year contracts. It's All I right. think that's uh. That's back and forth between the uh, the ownership and and the player. Right. You know these well, guys I mean, have. Uh, I mean, guys like not so much Hank. Obviously, played with the Rangers all these years, but the guy like Hall, he's bounced around a little bit. He's still kind of finding his way. But you know, if, if it's funny, they all say, "Oh, why'd you go up to Buffalo?" But if you look at the lineup right now with Skinner and Eichel and Halsey and stuff, I mean, it's 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 not a bad team. You know, and he stated his reasons, and you know, Pagula and all that stuff. The ownership, and right. uh, he's familiar with the coaching up there, so. Uh, We'll see what happens. Tell him to, you know, pack a couple extra blankets and some uh, well, heated gloves and, you know, warm socks and some underwear. His, uh, his signing certainly made my friend Andrew Caton very happy. So, okay. And that's all that counts. As long as my friends are happy, pff, you know, what do I care? Peter Angelo signed for seven years, so good luck to him. Yeah, these uh, seven-year contract. What, he's 42, yeah. right? So He's close to it. Uh, seven years, that's a long time, especially in this. Well, actually, it's not so much in this sport. As it is in other sports. Hey, look so out. we'll we see. Got, Rangers got Jack Johnson, buddy. Better look out, man. Hey, we got the other Van Reemsdyke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trevor, so we're good to go. Yeah. To I guess. Trying. Anything yeah. else on the NHL front that you've seen? No. No. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, Justin Williams retired, Mr. Game 7, although he did, he never did Dick Ola with the Capitals. So Ooh. I say take your three cups and go shove it. But, you know, good luck to him. All right. Got Kirk out to Anaheim. Uh, does that yeah. move, move you in any way? No. no. Does it move you in? Does it move no. you in any way? No, it just you know. moves Shat and Kirk and his family. That's all it does. I mean, that guy. I, I hope he rents. I hope he doesn't own. He just rents because he uh, he moves a lot. Hey man, he's got so. a cup. He's gonna make a couple of extra bucks out there. No. Yeah. it out here in a year or two and whatever. And then, uh, you know, hey. Hey, are they gonna do that thing? By the way, I mean, since this is again a COVID year, where the the lightning, the Ning, get to spend the day with the cup or is that going to be verboten? Of course. Why not? Well, I don't know. It's a lot of as germs. As they and... put a mask on the cup, they're fine. Yeah, okay, right. A lot of hand sanitizer yeah. on the cup. Well, geez, right. I mean, if you saw the freaking boat parade party. No. I mean, that was, whew, Petri dish right there. But, hey, man, um, it doesn't seem to bother anybody. The cases are going no. up in Florida, but nobody cares. It's okay. Yep. It's all right. All right, so there's your hockey news, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, you are listening to the sports honchos. The chos. Honchos. <laughs> with your pals, Rob and Foley. Uh, and we are, so we are your co- pals. Let's go to college football, baby, and then uh, we'll, we'll dive into some NFL. And I think you have a couple. You know, we have the Dope of the Week coming up. Very exciting yep. segment of the show. And yep. then, uh, you've got a couple of special things for us at the end here. So college football, yeah. uh, any big games for you this weekend for you, pal? Uh, I don't want to know about games coming up this weekend, but I can tell you this. The real story, I mean, look, the big game is, of course, uh, Nick Saban against his former student, Lane Kiffin of Ole Miss, in which the tide prevailed 63 to 48. If you want to talk about one guy owning another guy, Saban against his assistants, his former assistants. He's a. Let me see if, if this interests you. If I can interest you in purchasing this off the lot, twenty one and zero. He has outscored those coaches nine hundred and four to three fifty six. That that is a beatdown. They are. He is their daddy. To quote the greatness that is Pedro Martinez. Excellent analogy there, my friend. But the big news, really is the SEC and the Rona apocalypse, as I like to call it. Because yes. the SEC, when all this was over the summer and people were wringing hands and gnashing teeth about playing college football, all the leagues were being cautious, but the SEC went full Leroy Jenkins <laughs> and went gynecologist elbows deep into what? the college football season. What kind of a term is that? <laughs> I'll explain that later, kids. Um, and said, we don't care. We're going to Leroy Jenkins this right into the fall. Head first, game on, let's go. And now, as people used to say, karma is a real biatch. Because now the SEC is feeling some effects. And I, I believe they've felt other effects, but they just, you know, again, transparency, not college or pro football's strong suit. Now, in the span of a few days, we have um, the Vanderbilt-Missouri game for this weekend postponed. We have the Florida-LSU game for this weekend postponed. More on that in a minute. And just early, just about two or three hours ago, the news broke that Nick Saban and the athletic director, Greg Byrne, from the University of Alabama, roll tam tide. They've got it. They tested positive for the vid Bravo. and have to self-isolate. But here's Excellent. my favorite part. The reason I say karma is a biatch. Last week, Dan Mullen 
said after losing to Texas A&M, he's the coach of the University of Florida, said he wanted more fans in the stands. Okay, this is according to an article in ESPN.com. After Florida was upset at Texas A&M, Mullins said, I know our governor passed that rule. So certainly, hopefully, the UF administration, that's University of Florida, decides to let us pack the swamp against LSU 100% because that crowd was certainly a factor in the game. He, and then he was given an opportunity to walk that back, and he said, no, we want to see 90,000 people in the swamp. I don't think the section behind our bench, I didn't see an empty seat. It was packed. The student section, there must have been 50,000. He wanted to fill the stadium with 90,000 sweaty, drunk Mouth-breathing, non-mask-wearing college students, and then a couple Excellent days idea. later, a Excellent couple days idea. later, uh, there's an outbreak of COVID-19. Dun 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 dun, dun <laughs> and they suspended activities. And then earlier today, they said the game for this weekend, where you wanted to pack the stands like Elvis's colon. Surprising. That game has been postponed. Nuts. Just nuts. So that's really the big story in college football is the SEC finally got a taste of what everyone else is experiencing and dealing with the Rhone apocalypse. And I don't want, you know, I certainly don't want these things to happen. But again, the people that decide not to take this issue seriously and just go, you know, again, Leroy Jenkins face first into the, the Rhone apocalypse, there's going to be some pushback. There's going to be some consequences. Dive in. Go again. You know, there is a reason. All the mock. There's a hospital nearby. All the mockery of the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and there's a lot to mock, but the mockery of them taking their time and and trying to decide, is college football really the right thing to do? Is it worth playing? Well, you know, uh, maybe they weren't so crazy after all. But again, what do I know? I'm not an epidemiologist. I do know this. 90,000 college students crammed together in Florida. You might as well go out and lick the COVID pole. Just find some COVID-19 patients and say, can we all, can all 90,000 of us use your toothbrush, please? Buddy, I love what they're doing in Florida because all of us can watch and see what happens. It's like a test run. Right. So, yep. you know, everybody down there in FLA, just, just do it. Fill up the football stadiums, you know, whatever they got to do. Right. And you know if the Rays get in, uh, will they? I don't know if they're going back to the the home field advantage. I have no idea. Um, but anyway, um, no, keep doing it. You know, send us some texts from the bars. We're all waiting. We all want to get back yep. out there ourselves. To, let's not be, you know. But um, hey, look, they're yes, doing sir. the dirty work, Rob. They're doing the dirty work for us, and we're yep. all taking notes, like I am right now. <laughs> yep. So, listen, you are the, the master of – for a little inside baseball for you, uh, Pauly is the one that makes sure the trains run on time in this little arrangement. So I always defer to him in terms of scheduling. How much time for the niffle do we have? Because we do have a couple more things to get to oh, we're good. non-football. We're, we're going into the, uh, the quarter hour uh, uh, on Eastern Standard Time over here. So right. good, buddy. Just, I got you. Look, we – we got. I got the. Um, I got the whole show. The, the runners came in to me. They gave everything to me here too. It's all um, bullet listed and everything. So we're we're gonna get everything in tonight, buddy. So I mean, don't look, worry we, about it. I mean, look, if, if unless you still want to talk about the the state of Florida, no, I'm done with the, the sunshine there, state. We, we can get into it, you know. We can move away from Governor DeSantis's playground. Um, <laughs> look, uh, it, it, I believe it, he has a cold, by the way. <laughs> in terms of, of 
the Sunday League. Yes. The mighty, all right, the, here we go. Well, the first National. Of all, first of all, football league, Notre yes. Dame. That a good win on our TV network, our own yeah. TV network on Saturday, taking care well. of Florida State. Them fighting Irish. We love those guys. No, keep winning now. All right, now we can move on all to right. uh, let's talk about the Rams kicking Washington's okay. ass. We listen. Uh, we're gonna get. We're gonna get. That's the last. That's the last uh, I don't uh, care uh, about the story. entree. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Oh, yes. Uh, believe me, there's a lot of angst to go around. But look, once again, just like with college, the stories from Sunday weren't so much the scores of the actual games. And it was nice having Tuesday night football last night. Um, but some of the off the field stuff. And I mean, we could go into the fact there's no Pro Bowl in 2021, which nobody is going to miss, which tells me that the NFL is looking to take that week to extend the season because of all these postponements due to COVID-19. The, the the long national nightmare for you Jet fans is over, and Le'Veon Bell with his 3.3 yards per carry and $52 million was just cut. They said, this guy, we, we can't do nothing with this guy. Nobody wants him. They left him out on the curb, free to a good home, and, and, and nobody picked him up. So they it, just said, fine, you're it cut. It takes a very special person. To put and any New York Jets apparel. On their and what it tells me is if you look, and this is going to make my son very unhappy as a diehard Ravens fan, but if you look north of me, south of you, to the mighty state of Pennsylvania, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they don't mess around. You know, there's a reason why they've had three coaches in 50 years. There's a reason why they've won six Super Bowls. I think six out of eight, something like that. There's a reason why they've won because they take malcontents, even all pro malcontents like Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell and say, get out. You're done here. Your time here is over. And they just keep on winning. And somebody else picks them up and says, Ooh, they played for the Steelers. They must be good. And they realize the Steelers don't let people go in their prime without a really good reason. Excellent point. Ron. So the, the Jets said, oh, well, we'll take him. Ooh, Le'Veon Bell is free. Here's 52 million bucks. Please rank 51 out of 53 running backs since 2019 who have a better yards per carry average than you. Hey, we could talk about Dan Quinn finally getting fired in Atlanta and Thomas Dimitrioff and there. They're finally the Falcons said, we're just going to start fresh next year. New coach new GM, possibly drafting Georgia's own Trevor Lawrence, letting Matt Ryan go to maybe a team that wears the burgundy and gold in free agency. Who knows? But there are two big stories. Well, three, sort of, two and a half. And they both involve injury. Because, you know, we like to talk about upbeat and happy things and here on suffering. the Sports shows And we, suffering. We love suffering, though. Dak Prescott, <laughs> that, poor son, that poor son of a bitch. That ankle dislocation was gruesome. So gruesome that when they showed video later, they actually pixelated out his foot going in one direction and the rest of him going in another one. And all I can tell you is this about that injury, and I wish him Godspeed, even though he's a soulless, godless, heartless Dallas Cowboy. I, I don't wish anybody that kind of injury. But we say to athletes, we look at athletes and say, what are you doing holding out for more money? And in a sport like football, when like that, your career, your usefulness could end. I say to these guys, as long as you're currently not under contract, because if you're currently under contract, you play it out. Because the team, if you outplay your contract, 
That's the risk you take. If you underperform your contract, you don't give any money back to the team. So if you're under contract, play. But if you're kind of on free agency and you want as much money as you can grab in a sport like football, I say guy gesund. Go after all the money you can in football because your career is perilously close to being over at every opportunity. And so for Prescott, who bet on himself like Kirk Cousins and said, I'm going to turn down $100 million because I can get more in the open market. And he was franchised. And again, he bet on himself. And unlike Cousins, he lost. He crapped out. And the Cowboys owe him nothing. The Cowboys don't have to give him a contract because they feel sorry for him. It's it's a business after all. But this is a case where he held out for as much as possible, bet on himself and lost. But I don't blame him or any other person by take, grabbing as much money as they can when you play football because either no guarantee, the guaranteed contracts are almost non-existent and careers are two, three, four years if you're lucky at some positions. So I wish him a speedy recovery and I hope he gets a pile of money. I hope he comes back as good as ever, not because I want to see him you know, continue to win with as a cowboy. I just want to see him be able to play and I want to see him get as much money as he can. And hopefully this time, if there's a, the next deal he signs, if he can come back from this, which by all accounts he will, you know, he gets as much money as possible. And never again should we question these guys for holding out for more money. Again, with the caveat that as long as you're not playing under a current contract, under a current contract, you ride it out. But if you're up for free agency, man. And for those of you who straight can't cash see Rob, Rob put his hands up in the yeah, air. Yeah, it's great. For those of you watching on TV, you can see my expression. For the, it's great radio, was, isn't it? He put his, you know, yeah. the, uh, shrug oh, emoji. Well, he did the oh well emoji, okay? Right. For those of you who didn't weren't able to see that, I was. Exactly. Able to see it. So. Well, um, that's way too much time in the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, yes. We wish, uh, well, it's we on Dak Prescott. Yes, yes, we wish him the best. We don't, we don't, uh, that stinks, you know? But, um, yeah. And then, of course, you have what should have been an extremely heartwarming story, and that's the end of the Alex Smith saga in Washington. Yes, there, sir. There, there is not a lot of heartwarming stories coming out of D.C. these days. No, but this is the one. This is the the one diamond in the pile of excrement that is the Washington Redskins football team. By the way. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, management is tapping here in the headphones here. Uh, you can't do 20 minutes on the Redskins tonight. No, there won't be. No, okay. this is going to be quick. Okay, good. I, I go. guarantee you. And Look, go. <laughs> it's very simple, okay? The game against the Rams that my beloved Redskins played and was nothing short of coaching malpractice by the quiz master himself, Ron Rivera. Ronnie, baby. He put Alex Smith in because he had to as a result of another cheap shot by the Rams' Jalen Ramsey on Kyle Allen, who was having a pretty good game. We don't have to discuss the merits of benching Haskins. We've done that already. Smith performed well at the end of the first half. They got a field goal, and more importantly, everyone got to experience the inspiration of Alex Smith returning to the field after, again, almost losing his life, let alone his leg. The last time he took a snap was the feel-good story we needed in 2020. And what should have happened... Is Alex Smith should have accepted his comeback player of the year award, which he cemented and retired at halftime. Okay. Because at the second half, which was abysmal with their negative six total yards of offense, that's negative. That's minus six. That's going backwards. Six yards. 
Allen is cleared to play. He had a sore arm. It looked like he had a concussion, but it was just a sore arm. And yet Rivera, the quiz master, left Smith in the game, in the pouring rain against the fierce pass rush, pass rush, easy for you to say, of the Rams. That's bad enough. Why not? He's got, a, he's got an insurance plan. That's bad enough that you left him out there in the rain against that defense. But the game plan that Rivera was calling clearly was designed not to get Smith hurt. So why have him out there in the first place? I understand putting Smith in to end the first half. I mean, he had no choice. I mean, Logan Thomas, the tight end, was your backup emergency quarterback. But there's no need to keep him out in the second half. If you were not going to let him run a professional offense, which it certainly wasn't, it's embarrassing for the organization. Either you trust him in a live game or you don't. And really, Smith, by all accounts and purposes, and I, I understand this is like sacrilege to say this about a guy who made this miraculous comeback. He should have retired in the offseason because he took up 53 spots on an NFL roster. Those are precious, precious spots. And if you take one of those for a guy that can't play in this league and the man has to force his leg to move, he's not mobile. One leg is is not as functional as the other, and you're giving him a roster spot and making him your backup quarterback. If you're going to do that, run a professional goddamn offense. Don't just say, here, hand off and throw a couple checkdowns. Oh, and if you get in trouble, see if you can run. Oh, that's right, you can't. That's why you were sacked six times in the second half. It's a miracle he didn't get killed. I ain't going to lie to you, man. It's not a good scene down there. Retire. He should have retired, and then they can make him a coach, and he could have mentored whoever the young quarterback is. Not not, not in your world, Rob. Sorry. No. No, sadly not. No. So there you go. That wasn't quite 20 minutes. That was a few minutes I feel cleansed. Okay. And now we can move on. All right. 30 to 10. What are you going to do? No, no, no. I don't know, Mr. I'm only a Rams fan just to get under my skin, which you did, by the way, you <laughs> bastard. Oh, yeah, where's your where's the Rams hat know, you promised to wear it's today? It's upstairs. I forgot I was running late. But you actually have a Rams hat? Oh, yeah, man. I go, my, I'm old school. You know, Rams, the old, I used to love the old uh, red and white colors. Uh, uh, blue and white. Red? I would say. say red Sorry, and white. Excuse That's... me. I'm looking at the uh, the red here on the uh Oh, okay. On the uh, board here. But anyway, um, yeah, no, it's, it's just like old school stuff. You know, just love the yeah. old uh, white and blue. And then they, the Rams have ruined that whole thing now with this. Oh, God, those uniforms are. It, it, looks uh, like, it looks like a little kid took a highlighter when they wear their yeah. bone. Don't call it white. Their bone uniforms took a highlighter and just scribbled on Everything it. Everything was going great. New stadium. Um, they had the, you know, they've gotten really the, uh, the, the little, I guess, bronze or clay from the St. Louis days. And. We were looking forward to the. I mean, it, it was perfect. The Rams logo was perfect. The old one, the old one from the seventies yeah. and the eighties. Just leave it alone. Go and yellow. I love, go yellow, and purple, blue, royal blue, whatever you want to call it, and then do the uh, the blue and whites, and it's magic. Right. And you have I, I, SoFi Stadium, and it's it's wonderful. And then it's a palace. Then, then let's get. I don't. You see, I'm a graphic artist. I do a lot of design. You know. You know. I make a lot of logos. I do all that stuff. And the fact that they sat in a room, and somebody said, "Yep." Let's go with this. Let's go with it. And um, yep. I don't. I, it's just disgusting. Anyway, um, I could spend an hour on uh, the anger towards that logo. Well, and they also Dumbledore's don't hand. forget they had those handsome blue and white throwbacks they wore for the last couple of years as well. Those were awesome. And they were so simple and yeah. plain, but elegant and wonderful. Like That's I'm gonna, I'm whole, gonna, I'm gonna. The whole point of going back to L.A., leaving, going back to yep. the origins, going back to the originality of it. Yeah. 
It's you know it's, who follow, it's you know who follows me on te- on Twitter? Who? Everett. Me and him are like like this. Jim Everett? Yeah. I'm sorry. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Everett, the former quarterback for the Rams. Yes. Really? Well, yeah, check it out. Me and him are like, you know, you can't see it on TV, but I'm like doing Now again, now for those of you not watching <laughs> on the on the closed circuit feed, uh Paul is twitching his fingers together fan from the old days being a kid that just like you know it's like you know no. you always talk about that you know uh, i always saw football national pastime because you, you can have fans in every different city and they're rooting for somebody right. else on a sunday well and you know as a kid you when, see something you like i used to just love the rams logo and i used to love the old yeah. ram well when we were kids the the, you know we our our games were typically as east coast kids on at one o'clock and then at four o'clock you got yep. one of the west coast teams san diego mm-hmm. los angeles oakland and it was always Don Crickey and Bob Trumpy doing one of those L.A. games. Good old days. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of kids, especially those that may not have had teams in their area, would root for one of those teams, if not the Cowboys. So there's a lot of love for those West Coast teams, and they were all harmless, good time teams. Yep. So I'm with you. Good. All right, pal. Yes. Are we good there in the NFL? Yeah, we are. Um, all because right, it is now time for the dope of the week. Yes, that's right. As always, it is the Dope of the Week segment, unsponsored as of yet. Remember, we'll get I spend hours with the Gags Gang in the basement of the Sports Honcho Studio coming up with the Dope of the Week. But you, if you wish to have all the glory, the radio glory of the Sports Honchos, uh, you can give, me, give us your Dope of the Week. Send those suggestions at Sports Honchos on Twitter, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage. Make sure you use the hashtag D-O-T-W. For the dope of the week, and this week's which in, dope which of the week in a lot of states in, um, in this country is is, is Department of Transportation works. So I can understand all right. Well, so I'm sure there's a lot of dopes that work for that organization. I'm sure there's some wonderful people as well. Anyway, this week the winner this week who will be hoisting the mythical sports honchos dope of the week trophy over his head, skating around the ice. The dope of the week is one Kyle Burgess. Of Utah. Now you don't know his name, Kyle. but I'm sure you know his video. And I will tell you, my friends, we are doomed as a society. You've probably seen, or at least you've heard about, the viral video of the hiker being chased down a mountain path by a mama cougar protecting her cubs. And if you haven't seen it, just Google cougar chased by runner, and you'll see an horrible vertical video. Uh, a video of a hiker being chased by a cougar after this hiker came across, this Kyle Burgess schmuck, came across her cubs. So for several minutes, we see a hiker, this Kyle Burgess fellow, backing away from a cougar who at times looks to be in attack mode. The hiker engages with the cougar. In fact, at one point, uh, picks up a, a rock and, and threatens to you know, throw an Aroldis Chapman fastball at the dome of oh, this cougar. That's, that's a now, my question to you is this, and it's a very simple question, if you're being chased by the by a cougar. And I'm glad I'm not doing this on FCC licensed airwaves because I couldn't ask it like this. My question is, why the fuck are you filming this? If a cougar is chasing you and not Courtney Cox from the show of the same name, Cougar Town, if a, 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 the animal is chasing you, a ferocious cougar is chasing you, especially a mama cougar who's pissed that you interrupted nap time for the cubs, whatever it is that she was upset about, how much danger do you think you are in? Whatever How much real danger are you clicks, in? Clicks, if you, likes, and right, shares, Rob. If you have the presence of mind to film it in, again, vertical video. So I'm skeptical, as a side note, 
The thing I think most viral videos are some sort of a work. At the very least, they can't be organic. In a moment of panic, who amongst us, and I don't know about you, but the second I saw a cougar look in my direction, let alone chase me, I'm on full mudslide in these shorts. Okay, so who amongst us would have the the presence of mind to pull out our phones to capture the moment for posterity? Unless, of course, someone else is holding the camera or the cougar was trained and this was all theater. Otherwise, this man is further proof that Darwin was right. Absolutely correct. All that was missing was an extreme close up of the cougar as she mauls the hiker to death. You know. You never see, for instance, a viral video of someone caught on train tracks as the train is approaching to wow, smash are, their car into really, a tin you're can. Gory now. You're getting a little something to ponder, something to Come Christian on, and Samantha ponder. Anyway, for for thinking more about clicks and likes and uh, 15 minutes of fame than say, I don't know, getting back to your family and not being mauled by a vicious cougar, Kyle Burgess of the great state of Utah, you. Are the sports honchos dope of the week? Congratulations dope of the week. Your certificate, my friend, my brother, is in the mail. Dun, 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 dun. Congratulations, congratulations, oh, Kyle. Right. Congratulations. So, do we have time to say goodbye to one of Hollywood's finest? Yeah, uh, you All do. Right. You got um. You know what I'm saying? So okay. So real quick, there's a video that I sent you. A link. If you would just play the second one. Uh, in a moment from yeah, I'll, I'll talk it up before you do from zero to a minute 18 on Monday, we lost Conchata Farrell at the tender age of 77. Now you'd be asking yourself, who the hell is Conchata Farrell? She is better known as Berta, the maid on two and a half men. One of the great shows until Charlie Sheen left and it just became a train wreck. Phenomenal stuff. Great writing. She was very, very funny. Her stuff is great. And there's yes. a video that I sent producer extraordinaire Polly C of her greatest hits. And I'm not going to play all five minutes of it, but I think just letting it run for about a minute 18, just so you can, for those who have never seen the show and don't know how funny this woman was, it's not just the writing, it's the delivery and the timing. She was, as far as TV stars go, not on the same level as some of the people we've talked about who've passed, but certainly someone who will be missed. So are we good to go in the video department, sir? Here we go. Let's give this. Right. Uh, let's give this about. Uh, we'll do sixty seconds about of this. All right. Here we go. All right. It's not working. It's not working. Hold on. I don't know why it's not working. We this are happened. professionals, this ladies and gentlemen. Time. Yes. Hold on. We're still oh, working know, the king's. I know why now. I don't know ah. why. I know why. This is great radio. Hey, here we go. Hold on. Here we go. And men, 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 me, manly men, men. I, I could sing the theme song, but I want to. I want people to come back to this show next week. You know, uh, this is just. Um... Oh, that's why. Okay, hold on. Here we go. All right, ready? and take and seventeen. Three, two, one. Uh, we'll try this one more time. And action. It's still not working. Well. You can well, Google search her greatest hits. No, what, you, what, what you should do is send it to me like, you know, a day before instead of a 20 minutes before the show. <laughs> hey, I thought I could play it from my own computer, Wait. but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the dope of the week. I'm the secondary dope. Wait, is there life? Is there a glimmer of hope? I don't know. It's just. Nah, yeah, screw it. You know what? She's dead. What does she care? Oh, my God. 
horrible. <laughs> Sorry, too soon? I apologize, everybody. Especially to my mom, who really loved Conchata Farrell. Not in a creepy way, just enjoyed her work. I'm sorry, folks. Look, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's, let's, maybe we could do this next week and do it right. Okay, next week, we have actually. So, ladies and gentlemen out there, um, I just got this stuff. I mean, this guy throws it at me right before we light the show up. It takes a little time to connect certain things to make certain things work. I mean, kind of like how I had a little trouble with the Van Halen last week. Yeah. So, Rob, I'm going to ask you a little favor. Hi there. All right. Give me, give me, give me a little advance notice on the production. Okay. So next I'll, week, I will, I will make your dreams come true. Next week, we're not only going to have the Contrada Farrell's greatest hits, but we're going to have a little cut from Star Wars when I do my analytics rant. That's for next week. Reason to come back next week, folks. That's what we call a tease. Yeah. Or you can stick around for the third hour of the show and. You know, we talk about soccer and analytics. Yeah, look, you know, again, this is uh, episode three. And what is this, the uh, Return of the Sith? What is that? What episode are we up to there? Yes, that was Revenge of the Sith. Yes, Revenge of the Nerds, which I believe is yes. making another movie, too. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, I mean, God help us all. Hey, Dexter's coming back, everybody. A limited uh, run on Showtime look, with Dexter, Michael C. Hall. We really need to know how Booger's doing on uh, no. Revenge of the Nerds. That's really... You mean old uh, Curtis Armstrong? You know, the last time we saw Curtis Armstrong, he was doing that Domino's commercial where he delivers the pizza to the guy who's imitating Cruz from uh, Risky Business. So good times, hopefully man. better times are ahead for old Booger, old Curtis Armstrong. It's all good stuff. And you're the good stuff, Robs. Thank you. As, as are you, my friend. This, again, was another fun show. and um, It was. Maybe we start earlier. We got to do longer shows maybe. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, – Hey, we're here for a good time, not a long time. Remember. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) All right, let's go. Whoever's playing the Washington Football Club this weekend. And uh, really not concerned about Oh, the Giants. We're playing your New York Giants. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, can we do it? Is it 20 runs? It's still 15 to 1. I guess the the Braves are holding them to under 16 runs. They have a chance. Love LA, baby. (laughs) Get back in that series, buddy. Yep. (laughs) All right. For yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and for Mr. Robert Cuny. Say goodbye, Robert. Goodbye, Robert. It's nah, been a pleasure. Nah, nah. Peace. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, everybody. Stay safe, stay healthy, and until next week, stay sportly. Good night, everybody, from the Hot Bye-bye. Shows. Bye-bye.